So I um, I noticed a lot of Oklahoma actually touches New Mexico too. See, there you go, Oklahoma and Texas. Hey, listen, I'm not a geography guy. Never have been. I am. Uh, I I used to pride myself on being able to name all the state capitals. I still can, but it's also one of those situations where now you put a map in front of me and I'm like, hold on. Is that Colorado or Wyoming? I mean, this is the same guy that wondered if South Dakota was in a different time zone, okay? State capital of Idaho is? Boise. The one thing that I do find interesting, though, is none of this information has helped me. You're like, New Mexico actually touches Oklahoma. Great. Where's that gotcha in life? Right? I mean, when have you used any of this information? That's why I'll, my wife will get mad at me. We'll look at a state. I'm like, nah. Do you know the capital of Vermont? She goes, where does that get you? You just know the capital. Nobody cares. Why don't you just start mixing Plank's geography into each broadcast? <laughs> just kind of, it doesn't, it, not, no real rhyme or reason. Just, and oh, by the way, in this edition of Plank's geography, Plank's Oklahoma's pointless geography. New Mexico. <laughs> Plank's pointless geography. Did you know that sometimes I don't know which state is Oregon and which state is Washington? Back to you, Toby. But I can tell you the capital of both. It's just it's just dumb thing, <laughs> yeah, right? That would be really good. It's pretty entertaining. Toby, uh, like most, sometimes I struggle as to which one's Vermont and which one's New Hampshire. Back to you. Guys, uh, real quick, an injury update. It looks like things are going to be okay. But before we go back to you, do you often wonder if Washington, D.C. is a state, too? Back to you guys. Ugh. So when putting together our recruiting rankings, D.C., are we calling are it a state? state, or what are we doing no. here? <laughs> hey, do you guys sometimes get confused as to which one is Mississippi and which one is Alabama? Back to you guys. And there's somebody like, oh, I know. Good, congrats. I, I do, too. I have a phone on my map. Or a map on my phone that helps me when I'm going places now. <laughs> you know, as you get older, ladies and gentlemen, what you'll find is there's less room in your brain to store things, and not all of us grew up with a globe like Teddy did. Boy, I really thought I was cool knowing all the state cap. I knew all the state capitals and all the presidents in a row. Knew them all. I mean, could reel them off like that, dude. No issues. Now, it's like, I'll be like, is, it, is Wisconsin a state or is that a city? And then I'll be fighting with someone about a president. I'm like, wait, was 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 Lincoln around the same time as Andrew Jackson? I'm being somewhat facetious, but yeah, no one give Martin Van Buren his respect, haters. I, I, you know what? This is how much of a nerd I was in fifth grade, Josh. I actually cut out pictures of a pre, of the presidents, and and put them in. Uh, you know, they used to have those picture kind of booklets and it would have like sticky paper and you'd pull it back with this plastic and you'd put the sticky paper, you'd put it down on the sticky paper and you'd cover it up with the plastic and you could turn the page. I, I'm sure there's like a photo album. I'm sure there's a fancier name for it. But I actually did that with every president's picture and wrote his vice president and would like carry it around with me. That's awesome. Yeah, I was such a nerd. Good to see things haven't changed. All right. Um, Air Comfort Solutions text line quickly. Pride in Tulsa, my brain is bag of chips. 25% knowledge, 75% air. <laughs> Agreed. Same. Oh, gosh. Um, all right, hold on, hold on here. 
the fact that Wisconsin hasn't invaded the Upper Peninsula that belongs to Michigan just shows you how weak they are. Pathetic. Bravo. Bravo, Shane. If you Go get that, Wisconsin. Why do you give that to Michigan? It, it makes no sense. That's yours. It touches you. It doesn't touch Michigan. Go get your land. All right, back to football real quick. Um, Air Comfort Solutions text line 405-651-3439. I've asked a very simple question that will permeate throughout the week. And every so often, boom, 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 we'll, we'll knock in different thoughts on it. The thing you're most looking forward to with this team, the excitement level has been immense. The uh, juice has been unquestioned. The excitement has been where it needs to be. And I was talking about it earlier, and it's hard to really kind of put it into words, right? It's like, what are you most excited for? You end up saying like 10 things. You're like, whoa, I guess a lot. So – on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, we've got a couple really good submissions, like this from my guy Burley Boomer, who writes, okay, what I am most looking forward to is seeing a defense that can actually shut their opponents down in the fourth quarter, still their will, and not, <laughs> not pooter out and give up a bunch of unnecessary points as we've seen in the last several years. You know... Alex Grinch, he said something that that has stayed with me for a while, and it's something I never want to hear about my defense of of any of my teams. And he wasn't – he was just being honest, and it just – it always stayed with me. But do you remember what he said about when Oklahoma would get into zone defenses, Josh? He said, when we're in a zone, it's an automatic completion. He goes, and I, I, I got – we've got to stop that. And that's that's what – I want to see defensively. I want to see that there's not things that an offense does that you just don't have an answer for. And at times, over the last couple of years, that's been the case. You know, it hasn't got as bad as, not to open up a wound, but the the Julian Wilson year against Baylor, like we haven't seen anything quite like that. But there's been moments, right, where just teams are able to do things way too easily. And that's always kind of stayed with me. So I'm with you, Burley Boomer. That's a really that's a specific thing, and kind of what we're looking forward, what we're looking for out of this practice. First half of the Texas game would certainly qualify for that. Many of the plays in the second oh half versus gosh. Oklahoma State, that Spitzer Sanders run would would qualify uh, in that category as well. Just generally speaking, defensively. The, the aggression of this defense. I just want to see those guys flying around, putting a hat on football, right? I, we've seen that from time to time, but collectively, I want to see Oklahoma as a defense, 11 hats flying to football, right? I mean, just like <laughs> across the board, defensive line, linebackers, secondary, filling to stop the run, just just getting downhill, wrapping up when given the opportunity, good open field tackling. I mean, just right. an aggressive fly to the football defense. Um, and then one more here real quick. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm just – wait, hold on. The feel of bringing back physicality to OU football. Simple, but I think I would add to that, and Teddy talks about this a lot – but just the sure tackling, right? To go in, to wrap up, make a play, and know that that, that dude's not getting away from you or that that guy's going to fill you. 
are on a run, you're going to cap someone off. That's exciting, right? That's exciting for fans. And I think more than anything, Josh, that's that's about as easy as you can put it, right? That's as simple as you can put it. I want to see my team be physical. Now, you want to see your team do everything, right? I want to see him be physical. I want to see him score points. I want to see him run the football. I want to see him control. And, and, but just at the purest form, even if Oklahoma doesn't cover the spread on Saturday, I think if fans see a sure tackling physical team, it's going to make all the difference in the world for fan confidence, right? Competitive, defensively, you know, on the route structure for UTEP. Bump and run some guys. Don't just – play five, six, seven yards back off the line of scrimmage, press cover these guys, and get physical with them. I mean, I want physicality across the board from Oklahoma. Get competitive at the point of attack in terms of looking for PBUs. I want to see just all of that. Big picture defense from Oklahoma. Just that physicality. I mean, I think it all kind of envelops up together that, yeah, you want to see – Open field tackling. You want to see that be on point. You want to see Oklahoma be physical. You want to see OU dominate the line of scrimmage defensively. Just everything is going to be eagle-eyed with this defense these these first couple of weeks for sure. Eagled-eyed. Um, one more in, on that line. Physicality. Like Dwayne The Rock Johnson said, finally, physicality has come back to Oklahoma. And then here from the 8-5-0, I want to see a team that crushes souls. A heavyweight that just keeps coming, no rounds off, just crushes the other team's will. Amen. You want to do a little case study here real quick? Sure. Okay. How many times? I'll, I'll go through. You got the schedule up? I can pull it up okay. very quickly. Pull up the schedule real quick. I think the the best way to do this might be on ESPN. Let's don't include teams. Ooh, Raiders is the headline story on ESPN.com right now. I can sense a heartbreak coming this year, people. Um, Looking at the schedule. Here we go. Which games would you look at against, let's not include Western Carolina. Let's just use last year as an example, where you say, man, they went out and they ripped that team's heart out. They stomped on them. Texas Tech and TCU. That's I what think, I was thinking. I think OU did a good job of that now, last the, season. Texas Tech particularly. And in fact, it's wild because I can't remember. One of the games, Texas Tech or TCU. No, you know what? It was TCU. After the TCU game, a very close friend of mine and I were walking – back to the car together. And uh, this was the first game that Caleb Williams started. This was the crowd losing their mind, starting at quarterback Caleb Williams. Or, no, in the backfield. You know, and then it's like Caleb Williams, Washington, D.C. <sighs> Place goes crazy. After that game, I remember walking to the car and someone said to me, I think this team can win a national championship. They finally have the missing piece. And the next week they – Almost lost to Kansas. Took a superior performance against Texas Tech on the road to Baylor after bye week and got smoked. So, unfortunately, losing two of your last three regular season games threw a lot of water on that. But, yeah, those those two games in particular 
they did. And and again, we're not including Western Carolina, but that's two games out of eleven that we're counting here, where they ripped the team's soul out when. They're the better team against Kansas State, even though it was on the road, and we'll take a win and get out of there. They're the better team against West Virginia, significantly better than Nebraska, even though Nebraska plays close games, significantly better than Iowa State and Kansas, but yet all – and Tulane. Tulane. But all six of those teams, Josh, what did they allow them to do? Allow them to keep hanging around. I don't like to use 2020 because I just think that's kind of unfair, right? But – you know, 2019 had a little bit more of that instinct that you wanted to see. They they took the the wind out of Houston, and that was a projected to be a pretty good Houston team, right? Derek King, I think that was Holgerson's first year. Uh, they smashed UCLA in Los Angeles. Yeah, the, the road win at Los Angeles over UCLA was very impressive at the time. I mean, the way that they just went down there and just absolutely demolished them. But – this season is an interesting case study in that because once once they got punched by Kansas State, you know, outside of the OSU game in Bedlam, boy, they were they were on their their heels. They didn't play well. Let allowed Iowa State back into the game and in in the Cyclones damn near won it. They went down to Waco and it took a miraculous comeback to beat Baylor. They then came home against TCU and had a meh-ho-hum performance. That was the big pick six by Jalen Hurts. Uh, and then right overtime in the Big 12 championship game to beat a Baylor team. Yeah, the final Four of their final five games that season, they weren't able to continue their, you know, hey, we got you down, we're going to knock you out. And they did it so well early on. Now, we could – I know this is revisionist history, but we could go back to that season, Josh, and say – well, also remember that was a that was pretty loaded early on in the year with teams that weren't that good in nineteen, right? Um, that wasn't a very good West Virginia team, obviously Kansas. That wasn't a very good Texas Tech team, or at the very least, it was the start of what Matt Wells was building, and it got much tougher down the stretch. But it, short or long answer to a short, good question. Yeah, I think I think that's something we want to see. We don't want to be biting our nails in the third and fourth quarter because we're worried about a one-score lead and whether or not the defense can keep them from going down the field and scoring on us. Well, and not just every single game coming down the stretch of that season. I mean, the, at Kansas State, you, you lose that game, obviously. But sure, I- yeah, Iowa State, point. Iowa State and TCU, those home games, I mean, those should not turn into what some of these games historically for Oklahoma have turned into, right? right. I mean, get your work done early. You're in Norman. I'm so excited for Saturday. Good stuff. You guys keep these air comfort solutions a text going. We'll hit them. But uh, we're a little bit behind. Let's get a break. And when we come back, let's dive into what we learned on Saturday. It's the Plank Show. We're at OU. We're on campus. It's game week, and this is the ref. <laughs> I thought this was a new commercial. I was like, we get a new sponsor? It's kind of fun, you know? <laughs> Welcome back into the Plank Show uh, on the road today. In fact, I th- I think the way this is looking, I don't know when I'll get to be back in our brand new Brown O'Haver Studios, Josh, because 
I'll be in. I'll be here in Norman. Well, I'm in Norman every day, but I'll be on campus Monday and Tuesday. Where you're really in Norman. I'm really in Norman. Deep within the bowels of Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium, but someone like had a problem when I said that. It's like it's, it's not a body part thing. It's anyway. <laughs> deep within the trenches. How's that? I don't like the way you describe that. It makes me it makes me uncomfortable. It's, it's 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 like what it's an old saying. But now almost every old saying, I was like, oh, gross. Dude, what are you doing, man? Um, but we're deep within the trenches of Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium. Today and tomorrow, we're scheduled to be with our buddy Pastor Adam at Victory Church on Wednesday, Thursday at Cavens, and that it looks like a show first, which scares the hell out of me, on the Friday before game day, but we're going to be at two different locations on Friday? Double dipping, double dipping, baby. Here we go, game day. Great. Game day eve. So nervous. Anyway, it will be fun. A uh, big week of coverage, and then our Saturday, our Saturday pregame starts even earlier. So, we'll have Parker all over that, and we'll be all over campus come Saturday. So it's a big week. It's a fun week. We're pumped about it. Four zero five three two nine nine thousand Air Comfort Solutions text line four zero five six five one three four three nine. Good question based on your rejoin, Josh, from the seven four zero. Was Nebraska losing terrible for us? Does it not require us to blow them out now? <laughs> well, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't quite go that far. But, hey, listen, Nebraska is going to be viewed as that team that's going to give you a good game, but then not find a way to finish it in the end, right? I mean, that's just that's the reality. I mean, go back to, go back to Saturday. They had this game in absolute control at one point. What am I saying at one point? They had this game in complete control at two different points in the game, including this. Oh, is it not going to work now? The left oh. side and Grant weaves his way and breaks away. 30-25. It's a foot race to the 10 to the 5. End zone. Touchdown, Nebraska. 46 yards for Grant. Took him just two plays to cash in on the Porter fumble. And the Cornhuskers back up by double digits with 9.09 to go in the third. Um, Was that the Northwestern radio call? Uh, yes. I was going to say it had to be, right? There was. I could not find the uh, – I could not find the Nebraska call anywhere. Um, but maybe that's a good thing because then you had the ensuing onside kick, Ugh. which saved Northwestern because they weren't moving the ball. Here's the snap. And Porter dances his way up the middle, plunges to the end zone, touchdown! Cam Porter, welcome back. New Year's Day 2021, the last time he scored a touchdown for the Wildcats, gets in the end zone, and the Cats creep closer with 7.53 to go in the third. So that cut it to 28-24. Uh, and then after a Nebraska interception. Just over 11 minutes to go. First down, goal to go. Here's Hull again. Hull eludes a defender, walks into the end zone for the touchdown. Evan Hull, a four-yard touchdown run. And the Wildcats go back in front with 11.34 to go in the game. And that would be your final score afterwards. 
Scott Frost asked about the onside kick. I made that call, so that's on me. At that point in the game, I thought all the momentum was on our side. I thought if we got it, we could end the game. Like, we had a really good chance of winning the game, and I felt like maybe we were the better team. And you can't really foresee them scoring 14 straight and us sputtering after we'd played well to start the second half on offense. So, again, those are excuses. If I had it over, I wouldn't make the call. Um, I, I know that some had a problem with him being asked about, hey, is there a chance that maybe if this thing continues, you could step down? No, absolutely not. Um, I love Nebraska. I'm going to fight fight with the guys uh, as long as I can fight. And I don't, I don't have a problem with that question. This isn't a first-year coach. This is his fifth year, seventh year as a head coach. He hasn't had a winning season uh, at Nebraska. He's had, you know, Scott Frost has had one winning season. That was pretty special. It was undefeated at UCF, but, Josh, that's it. It's the only winning season he's had as a head coach, and it seems it seems as if he's not going to go anywhere for now. Well, you got to win in this business to keep your job. That's the way it is. Um, I love Nebraska. I love the state of Nebraska. I love these fans that sacrificed to come over here. I want to thank them. The guys, the coaches, they did everything the right way leading up to this. I wouldn't change a thing about the way we handled the travel. Uh, the kids were dialed in. I give Northwestern a lot of credit. Again, they, they were more physical than us, I, I thought, up front at times today, probably more than, than we were, and that was probably the difference, and we got to get this turned around. There you go. All right, Josh. Thoughts? Have we ever seen a coach this obviously on the hot seat, right? So CBS Sports does its zero through five rankings, and – the, the five is, hey, scorching hot, win now or be fired, right? There were two coaches nationally that got that five rating, Scott Frost being one of those two. believe the other was Herm Edwards. Have we ever seen a coach on this hot of a hot seat lead 28-17 to 17 in a game and then inexplicably onside kick a football for no damn good reason? Have we? I know that we see bad coaching decisions all the time, and this is the – it's magnified, right, because this was the essentially only show in town. Nebraska right. and Northwestern, right. we're, we're all hungry for college football. We're all taken in. We're all watching this game. It's the first bad coaching decision of 2022, college or pro. But really, I mean, have we ever seen a coach make this crazy of a call that very obviously, Plank, cost his team the football game in some way, shape, or form, right? I mean, it's less – it's a little over a minute later in game time that Northwestern scores that touchdown. It is right back within one score. I just – I'm flabbergasted with Scott Frost, the audacity of him to try for the onside kick. It just doesn't make any sense. You know, it's it's also – I'm going to – I didn't want to dig real quick, but I think Nebraska – our Northwestern had run seven plays in the second half. And they had turned it over once, and they got a first down, and then after their first down, it went like three and out. So they had two series, and in those two series, you had forced a turnover, and you had shut them down. And you know what? I understand the reasoning, right? I get it. Oh, you know, But just in that moment, with the way things were going, I can't, I can't fathom giving that team a short field. And and he's right. I mean, I've got to cheat on this a little bit. But the possessions after the uh, the failed onside kick, oof. I mean, it's just – it's ugly, 
right? It's almost it's almost as if that decision failing took all the momentum out of the sails of North uh, of Nebraska. Yeah. Well, you've got a football team plank that has now lost seven consecutive games in all mm. seven of those by single digits. This team is is begging. They're pleading with you, coach, please, please put us in a position to win a football game. And you know what it is? It's like you're sitting at the casino and you've already lost several hundred dollars and you're like, well, whatever, I'll just go to the ATM. Maybe I'll get some of this back. And, and you decide, you know what? I'm putting it all on black right here, right now. Boom. You lost your cash there too. It's, it just doesn't make any sense. You're already on the hot seat, man. You got to win a game. You're in a good situation. You're about to leave with a little bit of cash in your pocket, 28-17. You're going you're gonna to beat this Northwestern team, and then you make that decision and obviously lose. So this just – this is wild. Nebraska's drives after the onside kick. Punt, punt three and out, three and out, interception, punt, three and out, interception. I mean, what? Credit Pat Fitzgerald and Northwestern, right? They made incredible adjustments. But that was phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal to see the way that it played out. And shocking, too. Absolutely shocking. And for Oklahoma, I do subscribe. We'll see about Northwestern, okay? Pat Fitzgerald has kind of pulled off these magic tricks in the past to where Northwestern stinks one year and then all of a sudden they they rise up and represent the Big Ten West in the Big Ten Championship game. That's happened in these uh, even years following really, really bad odd year seasons for Northwestern. Maybe that's the magic that Northwestern's got again here in 2022. There's not a lot of people, though, that thought Northwestern was going to be very good this season, Plank. And I like Evan Hole. I like Porter. I like the offensive line for Northwestern. But beyond that, Helinski's not supposed to be throwing for 320 yards against you, right? Nebraska defensively, they're not supposed to be getting pushed around to that degree that they got pushed around in the second half. So I do come away from what I saw in this game plank and say, defensively, Nebraska is not anywhere close to what I thought they were going to be. They're clearly worse on that side of the football than they were a year ago when they were actually pretty decent defensively. And I think now kind of heading to Lincoln, don't you expect that OU's going up there to win comfortably? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I know exactly how it's going to happen. We're going to go up there, north, and Nebraska's going to stand on their bleeping head, and Casey Thompson's going to be throwing darts. But it's a really, really frustrating day for Nebraska fans. Completely and totally fill it. All right. Um, oh, wow, it's already 10.34. Was, real quick before we break, was there anything else that really caught your eye from Saturday? UTEP playing as poorly as they did versus North Texas, I think, makes you feel even more so this week. It was already sort of set up to be a perceived scrimmage for Oklahoma, right? Coming out party, season opener for OU. But to see them lose that game 31-13 to just from an Oklahoma standpoint, okay, well, now I really want to see the full court press from the Sooners in this season opener. I thought uh, Illinois did some nice things versus Wyoming, like they should have, right? But – you know, for an Illinois team that wasn't all that great for Brett Bielema in year one, I thought that was kind of a promising sign for them to start. Agreed. Agreed. 
I think if if I was if I was saying the two big the three of the teams that really caught my eye outside of Northwestern on Saturday, one was North Texas. I stayed up, watched that on Stadium, downloaded the app in order to watch it. Seth Luttrell's team looked really good. Number two, Vanderbilt beat the absolute snot out of Hawaii last on Saturday night uh, and into Sunday. And then three was Illinois. Tommy DeVito looked pretty good. Now, um, I, I will say, Wisconsin's quarterback looked like he didn't know which hand he was supposed to throw with because I think he finished five of 20. But, yeah, it was yeah. a rough day at the office for Wyoming. I want to fall for Florida State, Josh. I'm not even kidding. Don't. I want to fall for him, man. I'm just like, I want to fall for him so bad. They look so good. But it was Duquesne, or as some of you like to say, Duquesne, that they ended up beating on uh, on Saturday. Don't think I put too much in that. All right, if you're on hold, hang in there. We'll get right to you. 405-329-9000. Plank Show is at OU today as we count down to kickoff. Oklahoma and UTEP right here on The Ref. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref with Josh Homer. I'm Chris Plank. 405-329-9000. That's the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Did I say the right number there? 405-651-3439, yeah. It took me like four years to finally memorize the text line. Hey, good job. That's it, four years. Um, yeah, it's fun. I'm 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 so pumped! It's game week. It's game week, baby. I know, and not just for Oklahoma. It's game week for the Sooners, baby. But are you kidding me? Thursday night is going to be a fun night for football. It's so, just awesome. Real, real quick before I see Trues on hold. Before we get to him, question: You saw we're re upping the Ref Royal Rumble, right? Y- yeah, which. That'll be fun, I guess. <laughs> so, I think I'm falling into a trap. And as as my Big Ten correspondent, I need you to help me. Okay. I'm um. Big Ten correspondent's 0 for 1 so far in 2022. Keep that in mind. Well, that's okay. I am. I guess 1 and 1. I would have taken Illinois. <laughs> I'll give myself that. I'm falling for Purdue on Thursday night. And that number has gone from two and a half to three and a half, where Penn State's the favorite, but it's on the road. And it's in West Lafayette. And I don't know if this is me just falling for a returning quarterback. I'll be the first one to admit I don't know much about what to expect from Penn State or Purdue this year. I'm kind of going with the with the gut feel. You know, I, I hit two of my three games in my parlay this weekend, but we all know what do you need in order to hit your parlay? All three. Indeed. What do you think? I'm I'm so torn on it. I think I'm okay. I think I'm rolling Penn State just okay. because right. I do think they're a little bit better football team. I love Aiden O'Connell. He's clearly the better of the two quarterbacks, but I need to see a little bit more of what the Boilermakers wide receivers are going to look like right in 2022. You know, they went and got a couple of transfers from Iowa in Charlie Jones, who was a really good return specialist for the Hawkeyes and a nice wide receiver in his own right, Tyrone Tracy as well. But beyond that, I mean, they've 
lost quite a few of uh, their wide receivers at Purdue. So I need to see a little bit of how all of that coalesces for the Boilermakers. I'm not crazy about Penn State by any stretch of the imagination, but I do like them defensively better than I like Purdue. Okay. All right. That doesn't necessarily mean I'm tapping out, but but it does um it does intrigue me. It does intrigue me. I'm looking at that game. I'm looking at West Virginia. West Virginia is like a seven point underdog to a pit team that has a first time. Well, Keen Slovis, I guess, is not a first time starting quarterback. They got the hook on that too. You're getting seven and a half right I now. Oh, I know. Lock that in for the ref Royal Rumble. Let's go to the phones. Now, question, though, on the ref royal, this is a very important question because this is like Arnie's fuzzy math. Like Arnie will see a spread on Friday, on Sunday night. By the time Friday comes around, it's completely changed. He always, I'll let you know my final picks on Friday. And when that number changes, he's like, no, 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 I locked that in on Sunday, right? So if, if we lock it in on Monday. You're good. You've got to send it to that group text, though. Okay. True Sooner, what's going on, True? Welcome to the show. How are you? Josh, Those uh, uh, that Purdue team did not go get those receivers from Iowa. They were in the transfer portal. <laughs> okay? They did not, he did, they did not make any contact at all with those guys. That's true. Good point. Yeah. There's no yeah. name, image, but, and likeness involved. No, Strong point you're no. making. That's right. So, Lincoln, so that, that onside kick felt very Lincoln Riley-ish to me. I mean, you're up by what, – what was OU up by? 14 or 17 or something in the Rose Bowl. Is this squib kick slander? Ooh. I mean, <laughs> thought of that. I mean, it felt kind of like that to me, but, uh, you know, I, I heard you, Chris. I, I got to be honest with you. I listened to Sirius uh, on Saturday because I was the only way I could pick up the game uh, while I'm, while I'm mm-hmm. having to work. And uh, I heard your preview show. I guess it was a preview. It was kind of the preview of the day's right. show. And it came on after the Nebraska game, uh, which was at least you took the right side of the point. Yeah, um, yeah. I was all over Northwestern in that. But I was going to tell you, I, I did feel like you were cheating on Josh a little bit. Um, I, I hadn't heard you on Sirius before, but I felt like that you were because you did have a guy named Josh in the same. Now, was this guy was this guy really named Josh? Okay, or was that's a fair point. Um, to be clear, on both of my Sirius shows on Saturday. It was a solo show. But okay. right. if, if you've listened to this program with any regularity, uh, you know I don't think solo shows work. I think you need to have a co-host. Right. So, you know, tell, Matt, tell Matt Pinto that. Right, I, I understand that. Tell, tell Traver that, right? But I, I just think it, it, it's like you get to a point where it's like, gosh, I've heard enough of you. So I just I like the idea of having people to bounce off of. So they had two producers. Sirius XM always has two producers. And one of my producers is a Josh. His name is Josh Neighbors. So, yes, I wasn't cheating, but it is a little bit concerning. Locked on that, Big 12, Josh. Yes, yes, locked on Big 12. Good. Yeah. For, we might have him on. I like Josh Neighbors Noted Sooner hater. He hates us. Yeah, So yeah, absolutely. Here, here's the thing, though, that, that, that's weird about it. They actually put the early morning show on after the Northwestern game? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was right, right after, right after. I mean, because I was listening to the game, and I, and, I, and I heard your voice come on, and I was like, what the heck's going on after the game was over? And it was – now, maybe, maybe it was a replay. Maybe they played it early in the morning, too. I don't know, but it was, it was after the game was over. Sure. Huh. I wish it would have given me a head up, heads up on that one. I might have been able to take a little different approach on things. But, no, 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 that's all good, man. Yeah, I, I, I'll tell you what. It's been um, 
not not to get too in depth on it because right, you know right. my number one priority is OU and, and this radio station right. and this show. That's but, right. But it's been a it's been a godsend to my family to have those opportunities on SiriusXM. So I'm glad you caught him, True. Thanks for checking I, in. I, I will say one more thing. You you were you were out talking about what we're most excited about, and this sounds like a joke, kind of, but it's really true. It's the sad thing about it. I'm excited about when it gets third and seventeen that maybe we can take a little bit of a breath and not go <laughs> and, and not feel like it's third and three. Well, like you know, that's, that's mostly that, yeah. That's what I'm. That's why I'm mostly excited about this defense. Yeah, I everybody. Feel like everybody has Patrick Mahomes back there. Yeah, thanks for the call. <laughs> I appreciate it. I right, see ya. Right. Yeah, that's a funny thing, dude. Um, <laughs> that you say that is I used to get so excited having the Chiefs or any team in third and long. It's like, yeah, third and long, take that. Now all of a sudden they're in third and long, and for a team like Kansas City, it just gives them more room to work. Yeah, you're like, well, we'll see. And and listen, I, I mean, we have talked about – I'm going to talk about this with Todd Bates today. The mindset where you make a stop on third down, it's third and five – at your own or third and three at your own thirty, and you knock down a pass, and you're like, "Yeah, let's go! We got off the field." You're high fiving. Maybe a uh, maybe the ball was overthrown, and a cornerback is making the incomplete sign, right? But now all of a sudden, you're not off the field because you're seeing more and more offenses do what? Go for it on fourth down, and it's been a I think a challenge, Josh for some people because it's a mindset change, right? It's like you celebrate getting off the field on third down. Well, guess what? You might not be off the field on third down. So I'm just absolutely positively enamored with the mindset this defense is going to come with. I cannot wait to see it. All right, wow, it's already 1049. See, it's game week. The show flies by. Your days fly by until Wednesday. Wednesday is going to take forever, which is why we're going to hang out with my man, Pastor Adam. That way it'll fly by. <laughs> Game week Wednesdays are always the worst, but it'll be a fun week, and we got you covered every day, every second, every minute right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. It's funny that you say that because that's exactly what I told him, Josh. <laughs> that's exactly what I told him. My, uh, my son, my life, my light, my future, my man, uh, we were having a conversation over text, and uh, – like, hey, dude, you don't understand. It seems like a big deal now, but in uh, two months from now, may, and it, it, it's going to be nothing. And in two years from now, you're going to laugh about it. Right. To all of our heart-scorned heart lovers out there <laughs> that maybe are at or below the age of 25 years of age, Dude, I'm telling you, it's not that important. <laughs> let this week, let this month go by. It's going to be okay. That's yeah. my that's my message for you of love this morning. It's going to be all right. There's always another girl. There's always another guy. Yeah. It's going to be okay. It's terrible to say, but it's the truth. And you're too young to even care about that. Mm. Focus on your career. Mm. Welcome back into the Plank Show on a Monday game week edition. I have failed you, Sooner Nation. Because I have not hit that Air Comfort Solutions text line. And um, we've got a depth chart. Now, wait, we do? Breaking? Yeah. And I I want to do my typical depth chart conversation, which is to say, don't get too carried away. 
There's a lot of oars on this thing. <laughs> a lot of oars. But it's a really, really good, I think, indication of a couple of key positions. So, first of all, I would say to the surprise of absolutely nobody, the offensive line looks about how we thought it would. With, And there's, there doesn't seem to be any oars on the offensive line, Josh. Anton Harrison at left tackle. McCade Matoire, Matoire at left guard. Andrew Raymond center. Chris Murray at right guard. And Wanya Morris at right tackle. No oars there. Um, freshman Jacob Sexton is second at right tackle. Freshman Jacob uh, Jake Taylor is second at right guard. And then you have Tyler Guyton at left tackle. By the way, Tyler Guyton's going to play this year, peeps. He's going to play. Um, Eric Gray tops the depth chart at, at running back. And your wide receivers, Jalil Farouk. Marvin Mims and Theo Wees. How about that third string back? That's kind of interesting. Tawi Walker. We get so caught up in names that are suddenly showing up on campus and we forget about Walker. The uh, Ethan Downs and Reggie Grimes listed as the starters at the uh, at the edge positions. You've got eight dudes that listed on the defensive tackle spot. David Aguebu is the starting Mike. Danny Stutzman is the starting Will. Starting Cheetah, Deshaun White. And how about your starting corners? Woody Washington and Jaden Davis. Billy Bowman starting strong safety at free safety. Key Lawrence or Justin Broyles. Now you might say, Plank, you said there was a lot of oars. Most of those oars are with the backup spots. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we got a pretty good idea what this looks like in week one for Oklahoma. Kick returners, Billy Bowman, Jalil Farouk, and Marcus Major. Punt return duty, Marvin Mims, our Eric Gray, our LV Bunkley Shelton. Well, that's a little bit disappointing for all the talk I gave you guys about Gavin Freeman not to see him on here anywhere. But in time. Oh, there he is. There he is. He's on the slot receiver depth chart. We got a depth chart. It's big story number one. We'll dive into it next. We're on the road at the University of Oklahoma as we count down to game day. It's Josh on Plank. It's the ref. Top five stories today brought to you by Newcastle Casino coming up right here on the Home of Center Fans.